Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Untold Stories from Below the Line. My name is Nathan. And my name is Maggie. And we are here today to interview Nathan. Oh my god, it's um, happening. The next couple episodes we are going to be interviewing each other so that our audience can get to know us a little better. Um, and yeah, so let's start Nathan. We were just talking about how weird it is to interview each other. We're, we're used it to is. just interviewing people. Yeah. Um, so, I guess let's start off. So, Nathan, yeah. who are you? So, I grew up in the west suburbs of Chicago. I was born in the north side. That's why I have my Chicago Cubs attire on, mm-hmm. representing. <laughs> I went into college thinking that I wanted to major in journalism, and I figured that I actually don't want to be in front of the camera, I want to be behind the camera. I decided to change my major last minute to concentrate on directing in Mm -hmm. television and cinema. Um, And that's when I went to Columbia, and that's where we met. Heck yes. And And so you went into directing in particular. Yeah. Um, And that was just like automatically that's what you wanted to do, or did you find that along the way? It was a very ballsy thing for me to do because (laughs) I didn't know what else I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be more in control of the vision of whatever project I was gonna create. I wanted to have control of it. And I told my parents and they kind of gave me the side eye, like, you wanna go into film? (laughs) Cause my parents and my family, they're used to having nine to five jobs. I have like uncles who are truck drivers. Like Like my mom's a little- Unionized jobs. Unionized jobs. And so being- it's tough to get into the DGA. Yeah. And so being an artist was like not normal. Right, being a freelancer. Being a freelancer, yeah. Especially like being second generation, I feel that my parents and my grandparents want me to have a job where I'm financially secured. Just they want, you know, consistent income. And I was like, no, (laughs) I want to make movies and I want to go to LA. So. But you made your dreams come true. And it sounds like your family supported you enough. They are. Once I started making short films at Columbia and I started showing them what I was working on, they were like, wow, like this is actually a thing. I'm like, yeah, mom, like look at what I directed. Look at what got into a film festival. Mm -hmm. So And look how much work goes into it. So much work. And it's so hard because they don't understand what I'm going through. So when I talk to them, Mm. they just have no clue. And so I have to like teach them. I feel like yeah. a teacher at times, and and my friends as well. Like again, I don't, I didn't really know anybody until I went to Columbia. Mm-hmm. But Columbia is one of the biggest film schools yeah. in the country. So you're just kind of like around all those people. Yeah, being in that environment is just very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Being around people who are creative and who are like minded, it's really nice, and it really. I really found myself there, like, okay, this is what I definitely want to do, and I'll do anything to get where I need to go. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, and, and it sounds like you also, I mean, based on what I know, mm-hmm. use a lot of that um, journalism-type, uh, I guess, uh, creativity. Like, mm-hmm. you use all your journalism creativity and put yeah. it into your films, too. It's funny, because I found myself coming full circle with going back to journalism like Mm -hmm. as in a lot of my work 
everything that I want to create requires like research and I want to mm-hmm. show that to the world you know I want to focus on important things important mm-hmm. topics that need Activism. to be yeah like global warming and like um just different just really important things that need to be talked about um and so it's a ton of research it's it's a lot of work but I just I'm constantly learning yeah and that's one thing that my mom told me was like you know what if you don't go to school that you know if you don't go to college that's okay just don't stop learning yeah I know that's what I miss actually about college it's mm-hmm. like I, that's why I'm like looking back into going back and taking some like cool you know weird classes yeah like, uh, especially mm-hmm. with everything going on um it's always so good to learn yeah um, what is your job title now my title is I'm a director and a writer as for my job title I was a stage manager mm-hmm. um, and I was a freelancer for production mm-hmm. But I feel like during this time, I want to work on working for myself mm-hmm. and being able to sort of be the job that I am, I guess. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, I want to direct something, say, I am going to, I am directing I am something. directing and, you know, like I am putting content out there and I am, you know, receiving income that way. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can say entrepreneur slash like content creator Mm -hmm. it's where I really want to be um within the the next year or so right and like what you were talking about before it's like you you involve a lot of like journalism in your work so I think it's just like the easier you have like the easier access you have to an audience the better and that's Mm -hmm. where like Instagram Mm -hmm. comes in like is involved and Mm -hmm like YouTube and places that are just easily ac- like accessible and yeah. easy to put out mm-hmm. and then you can grow from there yeah um, and it seems to be the way you do it now <laughs> yeah I really like social media everybody uses it every day mm-hmm. and I feel like we're using it now more than ever in a good way it's yeah. you know shutting light on things that need to be talked about and so I I really enjoy seeing that side of social media mm-hmm. and I want to use that to my advantage of when I'm putting content out there. Yeah. No, it's great. And I think um, living with Nathan is like living in like a little production like studio. Yeah, Maggie's always on my little roller coaster of adventure. Yes. <laughs> and we always find ourselves talking about so many things and it's really nice to have somebody there to listen and to yeah. talk to you and to bounce off ideas. And so that's also been helping me creatively. I think so same. Mm-hmm. I'm like so inspired. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're making documentaries <laughs> and protesting and we're, you know, he, he volunteers every yeah, other day. I just throw myself in different situations and then yeah. I just get all this experience of like stories and stuff like it's that. It's very I love impressive. Sharing, so. And I think it'll help you with your directing yeah. down the line, I'm sure. Yeah. What jobs did you take and which jobs did you not, like you shouldn't have taken but you did anyway? So when I came out here to LA, I took a semester in Columbia College. This program allowed students to get their feet wet out in LA. That semester, I was interning at a production company, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like your typical like nine to five, show up to the office, mm-hmm. you kind of know what your day is going to be like. And so I got the feel for that, and I knew that that's not something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So after I graduated, then I spent all of 2019 freelancing in production. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when I met I, a friend of mine introduced me to a producer who was working on videos for Instagram for influencers. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started working on influencer Instagram. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, videos. And so I did that. He then introduced me to another producer who got us on music videos. And then I started working on music videos too at the same time while I was working for the other producer. And then a friend had introduced me to another producer who did a lot of photo shoots of celebrities and also music videos as well. So I just, uh, yeah, I just- just like leapfrog. Yeah, everybody I talked to on set, I saved their contact information Mm -hmm. and I kept in touch with them, whether it was through having their phone number or having them on Instagram. So yeah, I spent all of 2019 working on different types of projects and I learned that I probably don't want to proceed doing production work. It's very physical. Um, I think anybody could do it really. I just don't think it's where I want to be. Yeah, sustainable. I mean, you're always looking for the next paycheck. Even when you do have all those contacts, there's a time in the year where it just gets slow. It will always get slow. And you have to, like, save. Like, sometimes you get those, like, influx of money where you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. I have been on this thing for two months and it's great. Or, like, I did a two-week thing and it paid really well. Mm -hmm. Or I did a two-day thing and it paid really well. Um, And you get all the checks, like, very late. (laughs) (laughs) And that money goes. Yeah. That money goes. I'm already in debt. And then taxes have to be done quarterly or you get, like... Mm -hmm you know, charged horribly. I know, I have such a problem with that. Like, I just wait till the end of the year, which is like the worst because then you have to find all of your... And the fees are only like 40 bucks usually, but like, I don't even know like... If it's I did it right, because I didn't even get any fees, like... I and then sometimes you forget, like, what job didn't pay you, and yeah. which one did, and it's like... Man, it's weird. Um, but anyway... It's roller coaster. I know. Um, so you kind of leapfrogged from producer to producer. Mm-hmm. You just kind of found jobs through friends. That's kind of like your was your go-to. Mm-hmm. Kind of people just came to you? Or did you ever go to people when you didn't have any gigs? Did you look for gigs ever? I was lucky to meet them the way I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but being on set, I Sounds still... Like you were social. I was very social, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to everybody. I even talked to like hair and makeup, like, you know, to anybody, mm-hmm. um, especially if they were like my kind of people. Yeah. That's who immediately I, I, I would, you know, start a conversation with them, see where that would take me. Sometimes it would take you nowhere, but you know, you made a friend at the end of the day. And like, you never know who that hairdresser is friends with. Yeah. You could be friends with like the main producer who had to bring her in mm-hmm. or him in for something. Yeah. And you like end up talking to their best friend. And they're like, oh my god, this PA is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they bring you back for like another five seasons. So- well, it's so funny because I was stage managing a, a music video shoot. And the production company that was in there, I worked with before. Oh, and one, yeah. the production designer thought I was a PA and she brought me and she's like, okay, let's let's use him to do something that they need to do. Like it, they wanted to use me as a stand-in. And the producer looked at her and was like, that's our stage manager. <laughs> and she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm your stage manager. She's like, how did you get there? I'm like, you know, we just know. end up being up there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I think what made me 
get more consistent work than I thought that I would was being on time, being present, and just being loyal. Mm-hmm. And I had a producer who told me that out of all the people he worked with, and he's worked with a ton of people, but he told me I was probably like one out of the two who he really trusted. I was like, wow. I'm like, yeah. okay. Being like, trustworthy. It's why when you make dumb mistakes that aren't your fault, like mm-hmm. you're late because of the traffic, mm-hmm. it's so infuriating because they won't trust you even though yeah. it's not your fault. So it's almost like a lucky thing too, but for the most part, like you freaking kill it every time. Mm-hmm. So um, you were able to um, kind of work your way to like more consistent work, which I was always very impressed with. I think freelancing was tough. Mm-hmm. For me, it's why I'm so grateful that I was stage managing more full time. Yeah. Because I get it, like, the the production world is uh, very draining. It's super exhausting and draining, and it sucks the life out of you. Mm-hmm. But you make really good relationships with people. You work on really cool projects. Yeah, your life is very exciting. Your life is, you never know what to expect. <laughs> can be terrifying which could be absolutely terrifying but it's it's also very exciting that's where i get a lot of my adrenaline yeah from never know when the ac unit's gonna blow yeah oh don't even mention that (laughs) oh no um no i mean it's it's really cool that you know you were able to do it consistently though i think it was still impressive and then you were working uh, you were working freelance jobs and stage managing Mm -hmm. and trying to direct and do or at least write yeah that's just oh my goodness balance of life yeah right at the edge of covid there you were like like you were really yeah yeah you were looking to like change a little bit anyway it was so So, like when when do you start saying no to lower like budget opportunities do you think i think you should listen to your body and -hmm. see where you are mentally and physically because again this could be very draining um and so i listen to like my gut it just there were times where like it, it didn't felt feel right to work mm-hmm. on a project and you can find other ways to make money in this town yeah too. there's so many ways i was like wag walking yeah um i did that for a good while you interviewed to be like basically a park ranger <laughs> yeah i like <laughs> i was sending out resumes left and right and then COVID happened but i think you should start saying no once you've already established that relationship with that person who's getting you those jobs mm-hmm. and when they already think you're trustworthy and you've already again established a relationship with them because then when they ask you you know when they're like hey i want you to hop on this project you can be like you know what i can i have something to focus on mm-hmm. and then you know i think there should be a time where you need to focus on what you came out here to do because that's very important and I found myself doing a lot taking a lot of jobs where it did not benefit me at all just by but then again I needed the money so I couldn't really say no I really had to say yes and take that job but I was also living somewhere where I couldn't really afford it Mm -hmm. so I think making that adjustment then I was able to decide what jobs I wanted to take right a little bit of sacrifice you have to sacrifice you know. so that yeah you could live better no that's a really good answer um how is it to be latinx working in the industry you worked for like a latinx company right? i did yes and i didn't really get in touch with i guess you can say my roots or i didn't really 
focus really on that side of the industry when I got to LA because I was just so concerned about getting any job and so when I started working for that production company um, they brought me to a lot of environments that Mm -hmm. the majority was Latinx people and I found that very empowering both both on and off both on and off the screen yeah Yeah, so that was really nice and that kind of helped me figure out what I want to do here in LA as well and what my what I want my work to consist of and then also like just finding my culture within my creativity yeah like the next question like how does Latinx inspire your creative process Um, Because I know you want to make a lot of content. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but you want to make a lot of content that is close to your heart and Mm -hmm. close to your journalism roots. Yeah, I think that being very authentic is what people want to see. And Mm -hmm. I think if you show your culture on screen, people really gravitate that because either they relate to that or they find it interesting because they haven't seen it before. Right. So I think showing that on screen is what I really want to do. I'm 100% Mexican, so I grew up in a household with my grandparents who were very traditional. And when I was a kid, I would be like, oh my god, you guys are so annoying. (laughs) But now looking back at it, I'm like, wow, like people, a lot of Latino stories that are coming out now, I'm able to relate because that's literally how I grew up as well. So that's how I related um, my stories to the ones that are being told on screen, which they're not a lot on screen yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of, I feel like, my jobs as a creator is to show that mm-hmm. so people can see it. Yeah. I mean, to stifle, like, I don't know, to stifle diversity is so boring mm-hmm. because I'm like, I'm so tired of seeing white people on the <laughs> screen. Like, it's boring as fuck. I look in the mirror every day and I see that. I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, I like, people are like, oh, don't you love, like, like movies like La La Land it's so beautiful and I'm like no. it's white as fuck and you're talking about jazz like that's the shit that I'm like let's yeah, like bring I, in some like real I still culture. haven't seen La La Land you don't I mean it's beautifully shot I was so happy that People Get Out won Best Picture Thank because God. that was the movie I did see yeah and that was amazing so uh, speaking of that how do you direct what's your style like speaking to actors or script and stuff. I mean, I'm such mm. a bad AD in that way, and that like I never want the directing route. Yeah. Um, I think it makes me a good AD sometimes too, because mm-hmm. I can be like, all right, so let's actually look at the realness of this. But I think for yeah. for you, how do you kind of like go about things? I I haven't directed since uh, 2018. And it was our practicum that we both worked on. Mm-hmm. You were my assistant director for that film. And so I haven't directed since then, but I have been doing, I have been the director on development stages because mm-hmm. I'm currently developing some projects. So I yeah. know what that's like, but I'm still trying to figure out my style. Yeah. Because I'm only 24 years old. I don't consider myself to have it all together yet. There's so many different styles that I want to explore, so I can't really give you a specific answer of what I think my style right, is. because it evolves. Because it's always um, evolving, especially, like, this year has been a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so what I really got from it was I did a lot of soul-searching and finding out, okay, what am I really doing here? 
what right. am I yeah. put on this earth to like show people mm-hmm. and so I don't want to put anything out that doesn't have any meaning to me or to people mm-hmm. and so things that I really gravitate to are things that shed light on you know different yeah. issues that we're facing so my style is just I would say it's just very real mm-hmm. and I just want it to be very authentic and I want to teach people as well mm-hmm. with whatever I put out there. I like it because uh, directors who are starting out, I feel, have a very raw and real moment mm-hmm. because you're twenty, you're in your twenties, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you're in your mid twenties. You're trying to figure yourself out yeah. and trying out new styles and kind of going with your gut versus going with what the producer wants. Right. Um, and I think it like provides for a very authentic look mm-hmm. um i guess like a question would be then what did you learn when you were on your last shoot that you think like has contributed to your you know thought process and style yeah uh communication was a big thing having with everybody on set and with my actors and with any anybody who i was talking to in pre-pro as well just being very honest um just making sure there's a line of communication to talk about any issues that are coming up or that you're facing and just getting feedback. I really appreciate people's feedback because I'm already indecisive. Mm-hmm. So just having somebody there, you know, whether I'm talking to you, you mm-hmm. know, when I need help from the AD or when I'm talking to my DP about the shot, yeah. I just love bouncing ideas off one another. Which is um, so great. <laughs> that's like so unlike a many directors. Yeah, I feel like what was really intimidating when I decided to be a director was like, okay, I need to know everything. I need to know what I want. I need mm-hmm. to know what the next move is going to be. Right. And, and be sure of it. And be sure of it. And be the only leader. Yeah. And, and it does, so it is true at some point, but I. I don't know, I'm just a bit different that way where I like hearing people's opinions. And sometimes, like, you'll disagree with me or the DP, but yeah. it strengthens what you want, which right. is very much appreciated, because then we move right along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it's great. And I think that um, you're a very physical, like, director and that mm-hmm. you're very physically there at, yeah. on set. You're very, like... Everyone knows where you are. Yeah. Some directors get like lost in the the corners of the room, and no one knows what they look like. Right. Like I don't know if you've noticed I, that. No. Yeah. I but. from my last shoot, I was definitely there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, definitely everyone, made myself known and. Right. Yeah. Because I think that shoot was like very um, eye opening mm-hmm. for all of us. Um, I yeah. think we did a pretty good job. We did an amazing job. Uh, I would say. Yes. It was. And they, we still talk about it all yeah. the time. Yeah, and our, and our film is still getting to film festivals, which is crazy. That, like, always gets me. Like, I think it has carried me a little bit, this, it, like, yeah. quarantine. I've been like, oh, yay! Yeah. Wolf is getting, like, some attention. Um, and it just, like, makes me remind... It reminds me of the good old days a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Um, and why I want to do this. Um, so, uh, you were talking about speaking to your, like, your AD and your DP and your PD... Um, how much do you talk to them on an offset? So you've kind of answered this, but I just kind of want to talk about, like, pre-pro. Because mm-hmm. there was, like, a heavy amount of pre-pro done. Oh, yeah. And, like, I know my side, but you did a lot of stuff, too. Like, you break down scripts. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do you start off, like, when you just get a script? God. Like, and then... Well, for example, when I got the script of that last project we worked on, I had time for myself. 
you know, I have, mm. like, that phase where it's just, like, me and the script, then, I mean, once I do have a vision, mm-hmm. then I can move on and bring other creatives onto that project. Yeah. Then I, once I've talked to, you know, the AD, the DP, and the PD <laughs> about, you know, the vision for the project, then I feel more comfortable to talk to my actors. Right. And then when I talk to my actors, I love having, I I like having more of a friendship Mm -hmm. with them because I feel that the trust is more there. They trust me more. I want to create an environment where they can feel free to tell me anything they want. And safe. Yeah. You're very like open with them, I noticed, Mm -hmm. on like what their opinions were about their characters. Yeah, I love hearing what they, you know, what they have to bring to the table because there are creators and... I don't feel like you should just tell them what to do. I feel like yeah. there has to be a reason. And if they don't believe in your reason, mm-hmm. you know, then hear what they have to say and then right. just go based off that. So, you know, once I've got that solved with my actors, then there's less talking than on set. Mm-hmm. And if there is, you know, because it does happen where you have to have those kind of conversations on set, you it's more like getting to the the detail of things right it's more pointed towards the direction that you guys already had a discussion Mm -hmm. it's just getting more in depth with that kind of conversation yeah you already have like a pointed Mm -hmm. cue of okay we were gonna do it this way how can we structure that versus where are what are we gonna do right yeah (laughs) which is a lot of directors a lot of people don't like rehearsal Mm -hmm. which i'm I'm super big on rehearsal. (laughs) And like pre-pro rehearsal. Yeah, pre-pro rehearsal too, because I need to know what's happening. Like what is going to be on the screen? I know. And you're deep in like development right now. So um, I'm just excited to talk about the pre-pro process Mm -hmm. because we're getting there. Oh boy. Um, So what recent projects, Nathan, are you up to right now? There's a lot that's happening right now. Yeah. um, Which has kind of taken over a lot of my time. But when I am working on these projects, mm-hmm. I'm working on just keeping the creative flow going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just like release some, you know, videos on Instagram, you know, using that as a platform because I find that very easy to do. Yeah. It's very short. It's very, you know, straight to the point, you know, whether it's TikTok too, you know, mm-hmm. um, just experimenting with social media. Yeah. Um, you do that a lot, and it's like you're yeah. not afraid to talk to people either about and asking questions. You're always coming up to us and being like, well, "What you know? How yeah, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Yeah. yeah, exactly." Which I think is helping contribute. Because I want because you're you know you're also an audience, mm-hmm. so you're mm-hmm. gonna see it when you right. go on my social media, and it's like, what what kind of things do you want to see? Right. Because right? yeah, and it's it's pretty awesome that you uh, take those. Into, you know those into consideration mm-hmm. so you've been working on documentaries though yeah i just started to work on a short documentary um about covid19 and immigration detention mm-hmm. so last year while i was hustling making my money mm-hmm. i was also volunteering yeah for freedom for immigrants which is an organization that helps put a stop to ice and detention centers across the nation. So I volunteered to one of their programs where you're able to go to detention centers and talk to people Mm -hmm. who have been detained. AKA internment camps. (laughs) Yes, jails, really, prisons. Prisons. It's really bad, especially with with what's happening during COVID-19 because Mm -hmm. they're not doing such a good job on keeping everybody safe in there. I'm sure they barely can keep us safe. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, I volunteered with them, uh, did that program, met some filmmakers who were also volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so they are actually helping me. Um, Well, we're all actually in this project together. So I just, you know, presented the idea like, hey, you know, we volunteered for this program that dealt with ICE. Mm -hmm. Um, And now because of COVID, it's even more alarming that Mm -hmm. people's, their their safety is already in danger. But put COVID on top of that is like... Mm really it's really like their bad rights are just completely it's just yeah i mean they were already stripped from them and then now mm-hmm. we've got like a health crisis it's... yeah so that's what we're working on at the moment it's a ton of research we've interviewed a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting and i love it because i don't love what's happening but i love learning about it because mm-hmm. then i could do something about it right and just like being informed you get a sense of like uh, responsibility and mm-hmm. then you're like okay this at least somebody's do. on it yeah um but it sounds like other people are and you have an editor and like a co-producer mm-hmm. and you guys are like killing it and you're doing it in a very certain like a type of style yeah so since you know we can't go out and shoot anything mm-hmm. a lot of what this short project is going to be is like screen recording so it's going to be right. like a, a screen life kind of video um, so if you've seen like Unfriended, yeah, they, the Snapchat type, yeah, um, like desktop screenshot videos kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, we're working around it. You know, we're being proactive, and, proactive, and, and yeah, I mean, just finding ways to, to yeah, adapting new, to what's to new, what's happening, yeah, to the new world. Um. So, what mistakes have you made or learned from, and what you would want to tell a rookie? Oh, um, wow. Because I feel like I have ten. <laughs> that I make every day. Like, the mistakes I make every day. <laughs> I feel like I should have a lot. And now that I'm here, I'm like, were they mistakes? Right. Because we learned from them. Yeah. Um, I could say the biggest one for me, though, was not telling those people who I've collaborated with or people who I've worked for what I came to do in L.A. Mm. And so I never really talked about what I wanted to do, which was right. direct, right, um, just be more in the creative side of things. And yeah. I think I probably lost out on opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, I never said anything. So mm-hmm. that was my biggest mistake was not just owning who I was and what I came to do. Um, and But now I make sure that people know that that's what I came here to do. Heck and yes. having that confidence and just being like, I'm not just a PA, you know, I'm not just a stage manager. I'm a director, I'm a writer, I'm a creator. Right. So. I think that just, like, also comes with age. mm -hmm. Like, the reason why young people, like, sometimes have a hard time with self-worth is just because we are young people. Yeah. So, you know, then our careers don't blossom. Sometimes as the way we want them to at first Mm -hmm. because we're still trying to figure out who we are yeah um but um that's the thing just claim you always got to claim yeah who you are and what you do so we are getting close to the end of our uh podcast but there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now yeah uh COVID-19 still here Mm -hmm. um and we have the Black Lives Matter movement is uh picking up speed Mm -hmm. I mean I should say, like, once again, I mean, we've had, you know, we've had these, like, resurgences of, like, 
of the movement, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is a time when it has hit a certain third strike. Um, People are sick of it. It's a peak. It's you know, is the largest uh, civil rights movement in history. Um, so we have to talk about it. I think yeah. it's the only thing we've been talking about for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah. uh, both of us have been out protesting in Los Angeles. Did you want to kind of share your experiences? You've been, we've been to quite a quite a few, but you've been to yeah. quite a different few. I've yeah. I mean, immediately when. LA started having protests. I was like, we need to get there. Like, we need to be there. And you're very, I mean, you've, this is not your first time protesting. You've done this back in Chicago too, right? Yeah, but this is so but this different. Is, we showed up that first day. And yeah. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. It's, yeah, it's crazy. I've been to a couple protests where things have escalated and mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, what is happening? But I have also been to a lot of peaceful protests. Um, but it's just, Overall, what makes it scary is when, you know, you come across policemen mm-hmm. and they're the people who are supposed to protect you and they're actually the ones out there yeah. shooting rubber bullets and throwing tear gas at you. And so now I have a first aid kit in my bag yes. with ice packs and goggles. And Which so have I come am, in handy. Yes. And I even am, at the peaceful ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just very prepared, to, you know, just in case if anything happens, but it was we spent all of last week protesting yeah it was every other day if not every day mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um just because you got to get out there um i'm gonna yeah. try to continue but it's it is a lot especially during covid mm-hmm. um yeah and so so we've been protesting a lot yeah we have been out there a lot and like feet on the ground and it's amazing because not just you but like the entirety of the protest waters everywhere people are just there when you need them they're offering snacks like every three minutes different you you get offered a water bottle it's amazing yeah like different races coming together like people from the lgbtqia are there Mm -hmm. then you have you know the young Gen Z mm-hmm. who is like the ready. Yeah, the, versus yeah. the doctors. You just it's just it's, it's uh, inspiring cool. to see that, and yeah. I think even though it's unfortunate what's happening, there's a change that's coming. Right. And <clears throat> I don't think it's gonna get past this this generation. I think we're you know we're here we're right behind you know BLM, mm-hmm. and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um. I think that's really important, and right now, uh, what's going on, I think, in that world, um, mm. I feel like Instagram has just been, like, such a great news source, which is weird. Absolutely. Um, it's a weird news source, it's but... Such, it, it, it's good for influencers yeah. who have a lot of followers, because... It's also shitty when they're shitty. It is also <laughs> shitty when they're shitty, but I'll, I'm lucky to have seen a lot of yeah. good influencers who have used their platforms for black voices yeah so um, like for example they just released brianna taylor's uh, official report mm-hmm. from um the police department and it is almost blank um, yeah, and it that. is false as hell it says that she did not have any injuries when she was shot i think believe five or six times um and it's pretty bad yeah. Uh, so it's, that's the kind of stuff that you need to post and um, keep aware about and um, yeah. keep signing petitions, which we will put mm-hmm. it linked in our podcast. Yeah, even if you can't be out in the protest, 
you could be signing positions you can donate there's so many ways you know and I yeah. love that about social media right now is it's just or just you know having the internet it's just it's very accessible yeah and um I hope everyone stays a little angry mm-hmm. um and also safe uh during these times if you're yeah. out protesting I think we'll link some stuff in the bio um mm-hmm. just on uh if I know protests must still be going on I know this episode is going to be uh published a little later mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's still stuff going on we're going to have lots of information and also just a quick thing I think it's really important during this time since there's a lot going on and I know people are probably having mental breakdowns and so it's so hard to see these videos that are coming out of police brutality and there's it's very 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 overwhelming and please just take time for yourself don't use social media for you know a day if you have to um, I know I just, did that the other time it was fabulous yes meditate do what you need to do because we need you in the fight. We need you in the fight, and we need you energized. We need you to be in a good headspace, you know, yes. so that we can continue to fight Completely this good fight. Agree. Yeah. No, that's really important, and I think uh, a lot of people, including people who are woke, um, are uh, are kind of like seeing a lot of these things. Even if you're awoke as hell, you're seeing a lot of things for mm-hmm. the first time. You're exactly. you're experiencing. A lot of people are waking up to racism, and it is it is a hard thing to come to terms with. Um, it's also something that, you know, uh, black people have to live with every single day. People yeah. of color have to live with every single day. Um, so uh, I think it's a lot to take in it for is. everybody right now. It is. Um, and it's so important that we're waking up. Yeah. Learn so. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, teach yourself things. Read books. Read. Like, memorize. Know your black authors. Know mm-hmm. your black websites. Know Know the truth. Know the truth. Know those things off the top of your head um, so that we can uh, create uh, the society that we want. And yes. defund the police, okay? Police. Yeah. We're getting super political up in here. But we are, but it's, 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 it's not just political. Yes. It's just... Um, Social justice yes. and human rights. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, so, Nathan, I think we're at the end of our episode. We did it. I was nervous, honestly. I was like, God, what have I been through? <laughs> like, what do I have to pull? What demons I know. are going to come like, up? <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I forget what I have experienced because... I'm, I just have a bad memory, too. <laughs> yeah, and there's also the, um, I don't know, I experienced the uh, imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and feeling like you shouldn't talk about where you came from or what you did because yeah. you shouldn't be proud of it yet, uh, and that's false. Um, right. You've moved so far within the industry, so very proud of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope everyone's safe. Um, yes. Again, we're linking a bunch of stuff into the description, and uh, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. always. And yeah, hope you guys have a fabulous day. Yeah, stay safe out there. Okay, bye. Bye.